0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Want to go pretty boy? And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 189 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. As we're doing out there. Their wacky Wednesday, hump day Wednesday. Back at it. Ew, really back at it. I'll tell you, folks. You ever notice when you come back from holidays? Like, I'm not sure, oh, I took a Friday off. No, no, no. But like, in, you know, a week, two-week, three-week holiday. Like, when you legit take holidays and you come back. Man, those first couple days are like the longest days of your life. Ugh. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, feel sorry for me. I was on holidays, feel sorry for me. Like <laughs> I'm not saying yeah, I'm not saying that. But you know what I mean though. It's just man, it's it's kinda tough getting back into the swing of things. But uh Yeah, here we are. Um, yeah guys, you're stuck with me today. I um, had a guest uh, lined up, but some uh, things came up, unfortunately, and uh, was not. I, I was going to record with him today, uh, so kind of got a monkey wrench thrown in there, but we will res- hopefully reschedule for the weekend, so I will have him here next week, I hope, um, but in the meantime, got Solo Darren here. We've done this dance before, you guys know. I got a list for you. Tim, got a list. Sign List guy Tim. This one's pretty funny though, and I can't, I have to say, I know about this ahead of time because, uh, I, after it was made aware that I wasn't gonna have a guest tonight, I'm thinking, oh man, what can I talk about? Well, Original Bernsey threw this one at me. Thank you, sir. And it's been retweeted a bunch of times, and Alec was talking about it in the Enforcer group, and it was from Bodog, and it was the top 10 fighters of all time. Yeah, she's, she. it's something, that list. It's something. We'll, we'll dissect that. Plus, of course, when you're listening to this, it's the 9th, but as I'm recording March 8th, uh, 2022, did you know on this day, March 8th, 2004, the infamous Todd Bartuzzi, Steve Moore incident went down? And I know I've talked about it on this show before. Um, but, uh, you know, that was sort of a, a historic uh, historic the right word an infamous moment I guess in the game of hockey um, you know that um it's very it's a you know it's a polarizing topic uh like even today it was brought up in the on the I saw on the message board and there's there's <clears throat> there's back and forth about it um you know as as those events go um uh, yeah. Well, I'll talk about that. We'll, we'll break that down in a sec. First things first, uh, you know what we got to do around here? got to pay some bills, right? Um, as I said, I remember the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you on the network. So give them a listen. Uh, of course, you know, they got, how many games are about left in the year? 25, give or take? Something like that. Um, so, you know, they're, uh, winding up for the playoffs here and, uh, Trade deadline's got to be coming up soon, I would think. Uh, you know, that big day when, like, nothing happens. Um, yeah, so that's got to be coming up. So those guys will be busy. Um, yeah, so give them a listen. And then, of course, my off-network front. Sorry, guys, it's like 9.15 at night here, and I'm sort of somewhat distracted and a little tired. Um, so bear with. Uh, this is sort of a last-minute deal. Um Yes, from my off-network friends, uh, of course, we've got uh, Florida Man, uh, you know, Sicky McGee there. You know, gallivants around the countryside, jet set and flying around, then gets home sick. Yeah, oh, I can't can't come in, boss. Yeah, he mouth-breezed through his whole new episode. I will say he sucked it up, though, rubbed some dirt on it. He actually recorded something, so, you know, we'll give him credit for that. Um, You know, Oli there. Coden sale and part time only there, uh, at the Five for Fighting podcast. Of course, he's a member of the Six Pack Coverage Network, and um, uh, I, you know what, I, you know, it Mister East Coast Hockey League. Now, you know, at least for a couple more weeks until he moves, and then he's moving to North Carolina. You know, I heard people are hoping there's no Wi-Fi there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but. Uh, <sighs> know his latest episode he talks about uh of course the he was in nashville uh for the outdoor game and talks about that talks about some east coast league stuff um he brings up the drama in podcast land that i had talked about on sunday um it was actually you know obviously it affected him you know it was a it was directed at him the comment but uh that will uh, i already had said my piece on that so i'm not going to say any more about it but uh He addresses it and uh, is far more eloquent about it than I was. Um, But, uh, yeah. But he has a tremendous back catalog. Yablonski, Rob Bray, Lois. It pains me to say it, but he does a a pretty good job. But he also has a pretty snappy YouTube channel. uh, Five for Fighting on YouTube. It's uh, basically East Coast hockey league fights. Gotta keep that on the low-low. East Coast league doesn't like you putting their stuff up. But if you wanna catch all the latest, check it out. Uh subscribe to the YouTube channel. It helps Alec out. Uh, you know, we're trying to get him to a thousand subs here. So if you could subscribe to his channel, that would be dandy. And uh but he's, he's doing a good job uploading that stuff. And uh oh he's already making contacts. He's got people sending him video from the games and shit and oh yeah, he's right in there. So Yeah, it's been uh it's been it's been pretty cool seeing the uh the um I don't want to say the rebound of fighting because they've they've really slowed down now. Apparently they haven't had like a fight in ten games or something. So yeah, shit's sort of settling down now. But at the start of the year the East Coast League was really bouncing. Um you know. Uh but no, there's been some good tilts this year and it's been fun to see. So but uh definitely check out the channel and uh yeah and the Five for Fighting podcast. Then of course at the heart of it all, the man, Mister New York, Mister Broadway, Joel Joe Lazito from the from the MSG, the world famous arena. If you're down in the heart of New York City, hit the hit the MSG, go to the ticket office, ask for Joe Lazito, and the man in charge, and he'll uh, he'll get you what you need. Joe has the Coliseum Chronicles podcast. It is a New York Islander enforcer podcast. See, that's how Joe, Joe... Joe's Teflon, man. He can get away with that shit. He can have an Islander podcast while working at MSG. That's a bad dude right there. That's like eating a Big Mac in the middle of Burger King. Yeah, Joe don't care. Yeah, he can get away with that shit. No one else could, but Joe can. So, there you go. So, if you want something to listen to while you're sitting in the break room eating... Warming up fish in the microwave, which Joe claims he doesn't do. I think Joe secretly just steals the uh, the uh, what the uh, heft, the Hungry Man uh, TV dinners from the freezer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, folks. This is it's 9:30, and I'm just sort of rambling. Give it a Lazito. Yeah, I don't know. Just comes out sometimes. I, I will say, Joe Joe's 75th, 100th episode, yeah, don't ask me how that works, that's Joe math. Yeah, that's how they do math in Long Island. Yeah, 70, it's like 71 equals 100, carry something, I don't know. Yeah, we do math different in Canada, you know. <laughs> See, 202 two doesn't always equal 4, folks. Yeah, I don't know, in Long Island, it's that equals like sixty seven. Like I said, though, when you're Teflon Joe, you can make up your own math, too. Yeah. yeah that's Lazito math. Yeah, But he just released his 100th episode. And uh, it's it, definitely check Joe's stuff out. He has, actually, I always kid, but he has, a, again, a tremendous back catalog. Mick Fakoda, Dean Ewan, Strudwig, Ash, and Bolton. Awesome. And like I said, Joe's thorough, does great interviews. Um, even if you're going through it, oh, I don't know that guy. Believe me, by the end of the interview, you will. Uh, Joe's thorough, um, well-researched, does a great job. And uh, I always, I always like busting on Joe. But, uh, you know, Joe's a good dude. I've known Joe a long time. Going back to the old message board days. You know what? The first thing I was thinking, the uh, when we traded tapes, um That's how old Joe and I are. We're talking VHS tapes we traded. I sent Joe an autographed Portland Pirates Kevin Kaminsky, Kerry Clark poster. Yeah. For his Las Vegas Thunder tape. That's how it all started. Yeah. I've never asked Joe if he still... I'm assuming he still has that poster. I've never asked. Yeah. It was a badass poster too. I got it at Olympian Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Darwin gave it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Joe! I should have kept that damn poster. I can't believe I gave that to you. Yeah, what? A, I'm a hell of a guy. I'm telling you. You know, don't take my word for it. Ask around. But uh, no, there, there we go. Uh, Jolt and Joel Lazito, give it a Lazito. Coliseum Chronicle podcast. Don't eat fish in the break room. <clears throat> All right. Well, folks, like I said, it's is uh, nine thirty here, so I'm not going to talk too. I always say I'm not going to talk too long, and then the episode's like an hour and twenty nine minutes, you know, which is about an hour and ten minutes, probably too long. But uh, I really only have a couple topics today. But uh, that's all you need when you got lists, right, Tim? And uh, we got that. And what did I say? Oh, the Bertuzzi more thing. Yeah, I know I've talked about it on here before. I'm assuming I've talked about it on here. Folks, I've done 189 episodes. I can't remember what I've talked about. I'm assuming I have brought this up at some point. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, hard to believe it was 18 years ago already. Man. Um, Like I said, it it was... It, you know, it's on the message boards. All, well, I remember it was, all, it was all... Of course, it was all over everything when it first happened. All over the message boards. But like I said, no force. So... I was still pretty hot and heavy into the message boards at that time. They were still pretty active. So, um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a topic and, and it's like anything, right? There's always the two sides. Um, I think what happens often, well, no, cause no one wants to see injury first off. I'm going to, I'll state, well, sadly you do have to sort of clarify that, which, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have to, it should be obvious, but in this day and age, um, I am not condo I well, I feel bad for what happened to Steve Moore in, t- in terms of his injury. Uh, I will preface what I'm going to say with that, uh, or what I'm going to do here with by stating that. Um, but and I'm not. And again, I'm and I. Well, I was never a Bertuzzi fan. I was, I, before this, after, you know, I I was just never a Bertuzzi fan. It kind of irritated me. He seems like a douchebag too. Maybe he's not, but he comes across like one. And I'm not talking about about this incident. This incident had nothing to do with me coming up with that observation. It was, I always thought that anyway. Um, And maybe he's not. I don't, I've never met him. I don't know. I'm not speaking from experience. I just, I get a douche vibe from him for some reason, but I don't know. Maybe he's a good dude. Who knows? On ice actions do not make the man. I've always said. Some people on these message boards have a problem separating that. Um, but, um, so saying it within s- saying all that, um, of course, I mean I don't have to explain the incident to everybody. Everybody knows what happened. Bertuzzi punched more in the back of the head, and they dogpiled and. Uh, he ended up vertebrae in his neck. Oh, he broke his neck, and people talk like he's a you know in a wheelchair and stuff like he's not. He's fine, but you know nonetheless, it was a bad injury. Um, but uh, I, I think, and I always said, and that's the thing. I, I think sometimes what people forget is this didn't just happen. Like Bertuzzi just didn't do this for shits and gigs. Like no. Up, leading up to this, Steve Moore had taken out Marcus Naslin with a hit and concussed him and put him out for a couple games. He chipped Naslin's elbow and gave him a concussion. Now, if it had happened today, he, Naslin would have been out for a lot longer than three games, I'm sure, but I'm sure back then it was like, I don't know, I can see him, let's go. But he had, three, he had a concussion and uh, he missed three games. So it wasn't like he just didn't do anything. And also, so... You start with that, like I said, and Steve Moore, who at that time was a 26 year old fourth line rookie, um, you know, up and down, you know, minor leaguer, you know, fill in guy, certainly was not an NHL regular. So you basically, and this, I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way, but let's be honest, it was uh, a, a no name taking out the league's, at the, I think at that time, the league's leading scorer. Nonetheless, at the very least, he's Vancouver's best player and their captain. But I believe he was leading the league in scoring at the time. So you have some no-name guy for Colorado taking out the league's leading scorer and your captain of your team with an elbow at center ice. So he, he did not get suspended. At, he'd get, you know, 78 games today. But in 04 he didn't get suspended. So... But he was, Naslin was leaning, whatever. Um, the hit was whatever. I mean, I'm you know, I, it was, at the end of the day though. It was just it was a no name guy taking out your star. Now, do I blame Moore? Now nah, you're you're trying to make a name, you're trying to stick. I get it. You know, I don't I don't blame Moore for throwing the hit. The opportunity was there. He did it. Um, what some people don't know, I because I was reading articles about it today. Uh, Moore had a kind of a history of doing this. A week before the Naslin hit, he had actually boarded Martin St. Louis in Tampa Bay with a pretty dirty hit. Um, So he didn't have a problem taking out the stars. Um, But, you know, he's trying to stick and he's running around. And, you know, that's, you know, that's trying to make a name. I get it. But there's this over time. I mean, yes, Moore was the victim of the thing. But there's this always this sort of underlying. Steve always, oh, he's, he's just, in he was just innocent, hey, wrong place, wrong, what do you mean, bro? Like, it, this, like, he's innocent and in all this, and it's like, well, no, no, he kind of, okay, I'm going to put it this way, and I don't, you know, you can take it forever way you want, Steve Moore brought this shit on himself, I'm going to say that, and if he had done a few different things, it, it would have been an entirely different situation, but he didn't, so we're going to break this down. Now, am I absolving Bertuzzi? In any? No, but Bertuzzi kind of got fucked over a little bit on this, and I'll, in my opinion. Well, in a few people's opinions from what I've read today on the internet, not fans, but from former players. Um, so let's, we'll get into it. Um, like I said, so he takes out Marcus Naslund. So, okay, now you, you got, now you got heat now. So, I mean, the Canucks are going to be out for blood, obviously. So and there's always this. Oh, they put a bounty on him and all that. Believe me, it didn't have to be verbalized. Everyone knew shit was going down. If you actually want to know a little bit more about this incident, you should read Sean Pronger's book. Chris's brother, Sean Pronger, you know the likable one. uh, Read his book. Uh, I think his book's actually called The Other Pronger, something like that. It's been years since I've read it, but he was on the ice when it all happened for uh, Vancouver. Uh, Actually, there's a couple good. There's a good BX of. Fedor Fedorov's story in that book too. It's, it's actually not a bad book. Check it out, Sean Pronger. It's a pretty funny book. Um, but yeah, he was on the and he talks about because he tried to get Moore to fight too, and he said Moore wouldn't fight, and it was like, you kind of, it's nine two, dude. What are you doing? You know. And uh, eh, okay, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, um, it like people go, oh, they they put a bounty and blah blah blah. And Brad May said this and Brad May said that. Well of course once and again I'm going to use these terms I don't mean it like this but for the sake of this as I'm going to go when you have a scrub guy take out your best player what do you really what do you think the players are going to say in the media after like I mean this again this is 2004 not 2022 where you know they'll send him a fucking you know they'll block him on Instagram or something or you know send him a mean tweet you know today you know, no, back then it was like, you no, know, you're, you're going to get fucking get it and we're coming and you know, whatever. Everyone knew it was going to, it didn't have to be said. So the, you don't have to, Oh, they insinuated. Nah, I, they didn't insinuate anything. They said they were going to do it. And everyone in the whole, everyone in hockey knew it was coming. Steve Moore, believe me, Steve Moore knew it was coming. He's not that stupid. He's been around like, give me a break. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. I pause there for a second. No, but Steve Moore knew it was coming. Steve Moore graduated from Harvard. He's not a dumb guy. He's been around. He knows, he knew it was coming. So the game comes. Well, there was a game in between that everybody forgets. There was a game actually before that where nothing happened. It ended up not, you know, they actually played before the whole thing happened and nothing went down. But then the night that this happened, of course, the game ended up, I think it was in like 9-2. It was a blowout for Colorado, which of course, <laughs> that's that's adding fuel to the fire too. And it was a fight field game. Um, and Steve Moore did fight Matt Cook at uh, in the first period, a couple minutes into the game. Now, there's a lot of people out there, media included at the time. And even now, to this day, even a guy today said it to me. Well, he fought Matt Cook. Like somehow that's just, that's it. It's over. Well, okay, in whose mind is it over? Well, they're like, well, I guess in Steve Moore's mind he thought it was over. Well, then maybe Steve Moore isn't as smart as I just said he was then. Because clearly it wasn't over. And actually, if I was going to say, if the score had actually stayed maybe 3-1, 3-2, it might have been over. But unfortunately, Colorado decided to run the score up. And I don't know if Steve Moore had heat with the coaches or what. I don't know. Like, And maybe some blame could get put on the coach. But I also think, uh, now, if they knew, obviously, if they thought this was going to happen, they probably wouldn't have put him out there, unless they really didn't like him. But they clearly assumed, like everyone else assumed, that Moore would just fight the second time and against Bertuzzi or whoever was asking him and, you know... I'm sure the rest probably would have given you a 5 and a 10 or whatever and then just kick you out of the game. And you know what? It would have been over at that point. That would have been it. But instead, I I don't really know what Steve Moore thought he was going to do. So you have Bertuzzi out there trying to get you to fight. Sean Pronger asked you to fight off the face-off and you didn't do it. Uh, you have Bertuzzi following you around, yelling at you to fight. Again, this isn't Steve, and everybody likes to act like oh he didn't know and what like this babe in the woods routine. Like, what do you mean? Well, it's a nine two game. Again, you Steve Moore knows the heat that he has on him from these players. He knows it. So I'd I'd love to ask Steve Moore what why? What were you thinking? Like, just be, well, I fought Cook, and that should have been over. That It's not up to you to decide whether you think it's over. And it's not up to the family. he fought. That's it, then. That's good. Now, I've always asked people, I said, put yourself in Todd Bertuzzi's shoes. Apparently, him and Naslin are, like, best friends. Okay, so you have some fucking guy, some no-name guy, knock out your buddy, you injure him, put him out for three games. Can cause them, mess them up. You messed your friend up. Okay, so now the the day comes where it's like, all right, I'm gonna get this guy. I've had enough of this shit. Uh, so, you know, one of your guys in your team, whatever, fights him early. And actually, if memory serves me correct, I think Moore actually kind of beat Cook up a little bit, which probably, yeah, which, uh, probably just added more, not saying he shouldn't try to win the fight, but that's going to add more fuel to Bertuzzi's fire. Then not only that, but you you, you run the score up to 9-2. So now this whole time as the score is getting out of hand, Bertuzzi's seething, sitting there, your buddy's knocked, KO'd, and you're staring at this fucking guy. Just staring at him, and I'm sure he and I'm sure he's probably mouthing off and whatever, and just what and there's there's just tension. Just put yourself in Bertuzzi's position for a second. It's always easy to sit in armchair quarterback. He shouldn't have done that. He should know better. And well, yeah, okay. Just seriously though, it, just logically think for a second. Put yourself in Todd Bertuzzi's situation. Would you not do the same fucking thing? Of course you would. Yeah, you would. You'd go after the guy you wanted to avenge your friend. You don't care Well, he fought, that's the code. You yeah, no, you're not going to think that. Like, you know, he served, a th- yeah, he fought Matt, and that's okay now. We're good, everybody. No, no. You want your pound of flesh, So you're going to go after this guy. So now you go after him. See, the best part about all this, too, is everybody talks like Bertuzzi's, like, Godzilla. Bertuzzi can't fight. Go look up Todd Bertuzzi fights on YouTube. Go show me a great Todd Bertuzzi fight. Everybody talks like all of a sudden, holy fuck, it was uh, Joey Koser or something going after him. Like all the, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, all of a sudden Bob Probert was trying to go after Steve Moore. They always talk like Bertuzzi's some killer. Like, he's a big guy, but he couldn't fight. Anyway, so Bertuzzi's now just pissed and livid. Moore, You don't think Moore knows this? Of course he knows this. You don't think Moore probably at the time thought it was pretty funny? Just think about it for a second. Your team's winning 9-2... You knocked out their best player a couple games back. Oh, yeah, whatever. What's anybody going to do about it? Oh, Matt Cook tried to do something about it. I beat him up. Yeah, you're probably thinking this whole thing's pretty fucking funny right about now. If you're in Steve Moore's position, they sent one guy after me. I beat him up. Now we're winning 9-2. Yeah, he's probably laughing at the fr- smirk at the friggin' bench. Who wouldn't be? We're kicking this shit out of you. you. And you tried to do something to me and you didn't that didn't work. Oh, you now you got Bertuzzi, so he's probably just like, yeah, fuck off, you know. We're beating your ass. I'm done. We're good. We're good, bro. You know, like just rubbing it, just that smirky, just rubbing it in. You can, I can guarantee that's what was going on. Guarantee it. Again, for all those people, oh, I can't believe who fucking dare and say that. Fuck. You must be a Bertuzzi guy. Yeah, I can already hear fucking some of you listening to this. I'm just saying, all the people involved, I don't give a shit about any of the people involved. I'm not a Canucks guy or an Avs guy. I don't care. I'm just, I'm telling you how it is. I can guarantee this is how it was. So I get where Pertuzzi was coming from. I can also get where Steve Moore's coming from. I'd be laughing at these motherfuckers too. But at the same time, so, if you're, if now, now think about This is a Harvard graduate here. You know, he's played hockey before. He knows, and he plays a physical, ratty kind of style. So he's been in this situation before. So this whole, he didn't even know this. That whole fucking attitude, or I'm sure that's probably what he said in the lawsuit. I didn't even know. You know, yeah, yeah, right. Sure, you didn't. So he knew Bertuzzi's coming after him. Bertuzzi's telling him. As they're lining up and he's going around the ice with a Bertuzzi, you can just see him. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. You can see Bertuzzi saying it to him. For like 20 seconds, he's saying it to him. Like somebody said today, oh yeah, Bertuzzi didn't have to sucker punch him. Again, I've said this a bunch of times on this. You're taxing the very definition of the phrase sucker punch. To sucker punch somebody is an unexpected blow that they don't know is coming how can it be unexpected when you've told the guy for 20 seconds you're gonna do it that's not a sucker punch at that point at that point you're just an idiot for not paying attention like if you're at a bar one night and everyone's drinking and you got some drunk guy in your ear telling me let's fucking go we're going we're going I'm gonna fucking kill you I'm gonna fucking kill you yeah you're just gonna like turn your back to him and wander off and go play the pinball machine while he's sitting in your ear telling you he's going to punch you if you do you're a dumb fuck now I'm not saying it's right that he's in your ear telling you he's going to punch you but logic would say I should maybe defend myself in this situation or at least turn and face him and be ready would you not again logic here folks so I got Bertuzzi it's 9-2. He knows everyone in Vancouver wants to get him. He knows this. He's got Bertuzzi whispering in his ear. You're probably sc- not whispering, screaming at him. Pardon me. Screaming at him. Let's fucking go. What did he think was going to happen? Seriously. Just think about that for a second. What did Steve Moore think was going to happen? Like I said, I'd love to sit down and ask him that. Now that the lawsuit's all over, whatever. Just with a tell me with a straight face what you thought was going to happen. You're not in court anymore. You're not trying to get a payday. You know, no, you knew exactly. You were trying to. Like, you were trying to. What are you trying to draw a call in a nine-two game? Get the power play. Well, like what? 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 No, you're being an agitating little douchebag. You're being a little rat. Well, get what you get. So a real part of me doesn't feel sorry for you Now, I feel sorry with the end result But the actual action itself nah, eh, not really I don't blame Bertuzzi You're at fault for this if, if he had just turned and fought Bertuzzi Steve Moore would have had an NHL career So, I don't know. Like, now, so we all saw the aftermath of it. So everybody's yelling sucker punch and everything else again. It's a sucker punch. I'm going to tell you I'm going to do it, and then we'll call it a sucker punch. All right. <laughs> so everybody knows what happens. So Moore doesn't. Moore never plays another game. Um, ends up suing. They settle out of court. No one knows, for, but it was for millions. I could guarantee it was for far more money than Steve Moore ever would have made as, in an NHL career. Steve Moore was a fringe player at best. Although he was a high pick. He was a second round pick. Harvard guy, college graduate guy. But I believe he was 25 when the incident happened. So at that point, you're 25. You've already played a few years in the minors. You've been up and down. Are you going to be an NHL regular? Eh, Who knows? Can't see it. Um, I'm sure um, his payday from the lawsuit was far would would far exceed any of his NHL because it wasn't like all of a sudden he was going to sign some five million dollar contract the NHL. No, he probably would have been on league minimums for his whole career, give or take. You know, again, you know, at that point, I don't know what a league minimum was in o in o four. Eh, who knows? Probably about four or five hundred grand. You know. Not chump change, but I mean, I can guarantee he got more than that from his settlement. He would have got millions. I know he was asking for $68 I know he kept... The whole lawsuit thing, when I read the court thing and how it was all going through, Moore and his lawyer come across real douchey. And I mean, I know at that point you're mad at Bertuzzi and you want to kind of take... You want to get a piece of him too and you sue him and all that stuff. All right, you know, whatever, but... There, there were some pretty, I have a hard time feeling sympathy for you in a few of these things. And, and it's actually been brought up by Brad May and, I, and Marcus Naslin have both said it. They've actually both accused Moore of insurance fraud is what it should have been. Cause May says two weeks after the incident, he knows Steve Moore was fucking around in a pool at a hotel with no neck brace on and everything else. And he said, oh, Moore and does everything today. He's fine. And he was like, Bertuzzi got railroaded, you know. And he said it, should, it was insurance fraud. Because Moore was never going to be an NHL regular. And he got hurt in the NHL. Because later on... This is probably some sly boots on Brian Burke's part. But I think it was a year or two after the incident. Um, Brian Burke was, of course, the president of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Well, he offered to sign Steve Moore. and But... Brian Burke was the president of the Canucks when this happened, the incident happened, a year later, or two years later, whatever, he was in Anaheim, he tried to sign Steve Moore to a two-way contract, but they didn't take it, I know what Berkey was probably trying to do, get him to sign the deal, then send him to the minors, right, and, you know, Bertuzzi off the hook. But Moore got hurt in an NHL game, so he's going to get NHL insurance money, not AHL insurance money. So I guarantee that's why he probably never signed another hockey contract because he was never going to get – because, first of all, he was injured. And he he keeps going, he had headaches and everything else. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Mm, I doubt it, but maybe. But I'm sure he sat – again, Harvard guy, he's, he, he knows. Uh, I'm sure he weighed the pros and the cons, and at that point, you're 26 – Okay, am I going to make the NHL and make millions? Probably not, because I haven't yet. Or I could settle. I could get millions in a lawsuit and get NHL insurance money because I got hurt in an NHL game. Eh, what am I going to do? Well, you know, ah, uh, you don't have to tell me the where the bears shit the buckwheat. Um, you know, come on now, folks, let's. Read between the lines here I, I think there is some 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 skullduggery You know, something's rotten in the state of Denmark I think And uh, But he had his opportunity, he got his payday And you know, whatever, and like I said Marcus Naslin still has nothing good to say about him And said it was all an insurance scam Brad May um, It's interesting, even, I, I've never actually Read, I read a but like I said I, I, When the incident happened, read a bunch of stuff Read a bunch of stuff today on it Um I've noticed none of his Colorado teammates really stuck up for him either. In fact, Scott Parker came out and said, ah, Steve Moore is from Art. He was a Harvard graduate. He always thought he was better than everybody else. He goes, ah, you know what? Blow me. So, well, Parks, he wasn't a fan of Steve Moore. They were teammates. Um, yeah, it, um, hey, maybe Moore's a good guy. I, like I said, I don't know any of the players in these personally, so I don't know. I am just quoting what was said. So... Go take it up with Scott Parker if you don't like that, but that's what he said. That's what Brad May said. That's what Marcus Lazen said. So, yeah, Moore seems to be kind of the uh, the heel in all this, um, you know, despite being the victim. Um, so, and yeah, Bertuzzi was never the same player. I mean, at the same time, he I'm sure he ended up with millions. So, I mean, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, he'll be forever linked with that incident and uh, and be judged as such. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I find the whole thing kind of scammy on one hand, like at at the same time from in Moore's position, you know, do you blame him? I don't know. Like I, I can't get past kind of the lawsuit thing. I kind of, I don't know. I just can't, to me, you just don't take that shit to court. Now, like, if it, if it had been a legitimate, like, out of no, uh, what the hell, out of nowhere, sucker punch, well, then okay, then we can go talk about things, but, you brought all that shit on yourself, and it was kinda, I don't wanna say it was a hockey play, but it kinda was a hockey play. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of, you know, I mean, everyone in the rink knew it was going to happen. So this idea that Steve Moore didn't even know, like, that's so idiot. I mean, maybe a 17-year-old, like, some kid that's just learning about this incident now. Like, maybe he wasn't around in 04. You know, well, it's actually entirely possible. It was 18 years ago. Yeah, so you have a teenager looking at this. So he wasn't even born yet. Or he was in diapers when it happened. He sees this now. Oh, the anniversary of 18, they show that. Oh, my God. You know, yeah, yeah they might say that. But people that have been around and know the whole thing and, like, looked into it and, like, were in the... You lived through the 2004 hockey mindset. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying, in that time, that mind frame, that mindset, the way we looked at things then, is completely, obviously, different than the way the game is looked at now. Now, you could say whether that's good or bad, whatever. But it is. People look at things completely different now. So... I'm not discussing this incident with the Gen Zetter because, but like even today in the board, like I said to the one guy, and we we're sitting there talking, and the guy was somebody said, "Well, he hit the best player, and that's what happens," you know. Somebody kind of said that, and this guy, oh, so every time Crosby and Ovech can get hit, then you're saying the guy should get his neck broken. See, this is what I said. So why why do you have to be an extreme idiot? Who's saying that? Who said anytime someone gets hit, a star player gets hit, the guy deserves to get his neck broken? So this is why you can't have a civil fucking discourse on social media? Because there's always the extreme bozo that's going to say it. Like, say stupid shit like that. Like, no one's saying Moore should have got a broken neck out of this. But if you look at again, get some common sense in this and let's look at it from an actual, logical place. Let's not get all Gen Zeddy blue hair. Let's drink White Claws with a toucan in June. No, hashtag, hockey culture. No, we're not talking about one of these geeks. No, let's, let's be hockey guys here, and fucking, with common fucking sense, and look at this from all angles. Eh, you know, yeah. So... I mean, I don't, I don't, like. I guess we're, like, it's never going to end. Like I said, I am sure I haven't. Con- it's not like I'm trying to convince anybody. Like, oh, listen to, De- I'm right, be on my side. I'm not. I'm telling you, that's how I feel about the incident. Now, am I yelling? It's Steve Moore's fault. I guess, kind of. But the unfortunate now, somebody. Oh, Bertuzzi! Bertuzzi is trying to break his neck. Oh yeah, Bertuzzi is trying to break his neck. Yeah, again. Why there's always the extreme idiot. No, Bertuzzi just got super fucking mad this guy wouldn't fight him and it was like, you know what, fuck you, motherfucker. And he just threw a punch. That's it. And unfortunately it was the way he fell and everybody piling on and whatever. It had an unfortunate finish to it. But no, Bertuzzi didn't tell you, Oh hey, hold on guys, I'll get him. I'm gonna break his neck. You know, no. Like I can't stop with stupid talk. You know, like, let's, you know. If you're trying to make some argument that Bertuzzi's the bad guy and all this, go ahead and say that. But don't come up with this, he was trying to do that. Like, no, dummy. Dial it down. Like I told idiot today, dial it down, goof, with your stupid talk. You can be, oh, Bertuzzi shouldn't have done that, and he deserves what he got. Okay, leave it at that. But don't all of a sudden go the extra mile, and oh, he was trying to do that, and oh, yeah. Stop with your stupid talk. So yeah. But anyway, I know it's a very it's a polarizing argument and yeah, I know if you say somehow like it was Steve Moore's fault or whatever Oh clutch the pearls. Like if I go on Twitter and just type out it was Steve Moore's fault, holy shit, could you imagine? Oh it would lit light up on fire. Could you imagine right now if one of the hashtag crew listened to my listen to this episode? Oh my god, they'd be in tears. Pull over. Pull over. Dry your eyes. Oh, yeah. He's so mean. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm telling you how it is and how I can guarantee how it went down from what I've, did, from all my readings. Like I said, I've been 18 years, I've listened to this shit. I've talked to players about this shit. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, it's again, I'm just, it, that's my opinion. But from my findings and my talking and my reading, that I I, I just how well, that's what I came up with, how I see it. Everyone has a theory, so you know. Oh, believe me, I realize I'm as full of shit as the next guy. Sure, but this is Darren's podcast, so you're going to get Darren's thoughts on it. And there you go. That's my thoughts on it. So, there we go. All right, hold on. What? I was going to say, what's my audacity doing? All of a sudden it just paused. I'm like, you better not be done here. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. List. Tim, let's get to the list here. This is Tim's favorite parts of the show. People like, who the fuck is Tim? You don't worry about it. Tim knows. We know. All right. Um, so Bodog Sports, it's a betting site, didn't they used to have, I think they had an, didn't they have an MMA league at one time, Bodog, yeah they did, actually I think Bodog was started by a Canadian guy, and then he, he like fled to like, I don't know, Zimbabwe or something, or Dubai or whatever to escape the law because of the illegal gambling and all that, trying to stay ahead of the government, not that he was doing anything illegal, but it was just like gambling, oh my god, casinos, online, offshore casinos, blah blah blah, that type of shit, I believe. That's neither here nor there to this subject, Bodog. I, I hadn't heard the name Bodog in years. Anyway, today they threw out a tweet, the top 10 hockey fighters of all time. And, uh, yeah, like I said, original Bernsey sent this to me, but it's made the it raid the rounds, and it's got, yeah, numerous comments all over the place, and, uh, or numerous retweets and postings and everything, and, uh, um... Some of the comments are pretty funny. Um, yeah. It, it, what, hold on. I, I just saw that. How good of a fighter was Rob Scurlock? If I recall, he beat Chara's Chara way back in the day. Um, Somebody 6'5", 245, and a 62-pound head. Yeah, Scurlock was a big dude. Um, some of the comments are, are pretty This might be the worst top 10 list ever. Yeah, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. All right. Let's, let's get into this. And like I said, usually when we do these lists, I have a couple guys that send me links all the time to all these different lists. And a long time listeners to the show know this, but for anybody just tuning in, um, th- thank you. Welcome. I'm sure this will be the last, you'll be tuning out soon. Uh, but I get sent the link, but I don't, I don't open them until I'm actually recording the show because I want a genuine, you're gonna. You're getting my genuine reaction to the list because I don't look at them ahead of time. Um, with this list, of course, it's on Twitter and all over the place, so I'm, I know the list already. So I've seen it all day. Um, so this isn't a surprise. But um, uh, and for those not on social media, you're smarter than the rest of us. Congratulations. Um, I wish I had thought of that. But uh, so you have no idea what's going. What I'm about to hit you with, but. Um, Anyway, here we go. We'll, we'll start at 10. We'll work our way to the number one spot here. So this is according to Bodog. We'll go through the list, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, here we go. Top 10 hockey fighters according to Bodog. Number 10, George LaRock. Number 9, Ron Hextall. Number 8, Ty Ron Hextall. You heard that right, folks. All This is top 10 hockey fighters of all time. George LaRock, Ron Hextall, number eight, Ty Domi, number seven, Chris Nyland, number six, Gino Ojik, number five, Stu Grimson, number four, Tiger Williams, number three, Dave the Hammer Schultz, number two, Rob Ray, number one, Bob Probert. Okay, well, let's unpack this here, folks, as they say, um... Uh, looking at this list, I would have legitimately have one, two, two of these guys would be on my top 10 list with one of them knocking on the door, but two would be in my top 10 list, Probert and Laroque. Uh, okay. First of all, we'll start at number two. So Laroque, um, I believe when I did my top 10 list. I had George LaRocque number three all time. Now George, again, it's interesting, polarizing figure in the fight world. Um, to me, I, I, I guess George takes a lot of shit because of his style. Um, same with Brashear. Um There's this idea that George didn't hit hard, and they throw noogies, and you know, oh, they wrestled a lot, and Uh, well, ask people that fought these guys, and they will tell you completely different that they didn't hit very hard. Uh, (laughs) yeah, you'll you'll get a different answer with that. Uh, So I don't know where that whole myth, George LaRock didn't hit hard. Uh, I don't know about that. But, um, no, I, I think if you could count on two hands probably how many career fights LaRock lost, um... Now, yeah, he had some shit fights, too. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, was he, like, was he up there with John Marasty and Ken Tasker in terms of entertainment? No. But there that has a lot to do with who George is fighting, too. I mean, George fought everybody, but it's the way they fought George, too. Like, they're, he was so strong. Guys aren't going to open up and go toe-to-toe with George rock You're just not going to. Guys just didn't. And it was just like... So they fought different. So in terms of doing... Sometimes in doing that... You just get pulled down... And no one was really anxious to get up. So it led to some shit fights. Like I think Matt... If you go back... I think Matt Johnson George Rock... Fought like nine times. And there might have been six punches landed... In all nine fights. Because they would just get off balance and fall. You know... And it was just whatever. Um, I've always said the problem... My issue with George... Um, is he's, he's too nice. Like, and it was just like this whole code. Yeah. Good luck, bro. And like, he's mic'd up saying that. Of course, everybody gets little code boners and think that's so great, but hell he even worked it into the movie goon for God's sake. His good luck. But it was just like, I mean, nonetheless, it wasn't like there was good luck. And then he took it easy on you. Like, no, it was still a fight, but I don't know. That whole bullshit was sort of eye rolling to me. And some of George's off ice stuff was kind of, eh. You know, whatever, you know, oh, there's a camera, George, you know, if you don't hear from LaRocque for a while, he's got to come up with something to get his he's kind of an attention or, in my opinion, and I, and I mean, I've dealt with George privately a couple times, way back in the day with fight tapes and stuff, and I've talked to him through email, he's always very nice, um, he was cool, and he signed some stuff, he got some stuff signed for me for um, a charity thing I was doing, so I appreciate that. You know, so he's been cool with me. Um, I have since, I've gotten on him a couple times with things. And I actually, I think I have to, if I went, oh, he's, I'm actually just looking right now. Oh, I was just, no, he didn't. Okay. I was going to say at one time, I think I thought George Laroque blocked me on Twitter, but he didn't. Um, we we kind of, not that I was swearing at him or calling him a loser or anything like that. We just disagreed on some shit and I didn't. I don't like how he's kind of presenting it, but um, I, I find George wishy-washy sometimes. Now after he's retired, sometimes fighting is good, sometimes it's bad. It's kind of like, what are you doing, George? Because uh, I know privately you liked it. So um, yeah, I don't know. And I know this is a way too long explanation of George Laroque, considering he went like nine other guys to go, and I'm like an hour into this thing. Um, but no, to me, he's the top. At, at the very least, the top five guy... Like, my top ten could probably change whatever the way the wind's blowing, give or take. I mean, my top two or three will be the same. But George is definitely, in my opinion, the top five guy of all time. Um Yeah, so to have him... I mean, he's on the list, so I'll give him that. They got him on the list, but I would have him a lot higher than ten, obviously. Uh, Ron, he- I'm not even going to entertain the Ron Hextall thing. I mean, that's... Like, somebody said, well, then Felix Potvin should be eight, I guess, because... I don't know, like Hextall was crazy with the stick and everything else, but could Hextall fight? I don't know. Like, the only time I ever really saw him fight, Potvin beat him up, and then, or bust, he shouldn't really beat him up, but he busted him up. And then, actually, I guess Hextall kind of took it to, what was a Chevrier or whatever, the New Jersey goalie back then, but other than that, eh. I have, like, Ray Henry be too, way tougher than Ron Hextall, in my opinion. I don't know, Billy Smith? I mean, those guys actually legitimately fought guys. Like, Hextall just swung a stick around and blockered people. It's a great goalie and everything, but it's like, I don't know. Now, he, he was crazy. I mean, the stick swinging thing and everything else. I mean, everybody saw that. And he went after Chelios, which was actually pretty cool. But, um... That doesn't make him a great fighter. That's just... Having a goalie on here is just ridiculous. So that's... I mean, I'm sure they obviously... Whoever's doing I'm going to put this on here and that'll make people... You know, whatever. Well, okay. But you kind of... Like, I get it, you're put on there for a little shock value or whatever to get people talking, but you're also sort of, at the same time, you're kind of making yourself look like a bit of a dipshit, too. So, no, I wouldn't, obviously. Come on. Anyway. Ty Domi, number eight. Yeah, I mean, Domi, again, polarizing figure. Um, fought everybody. Um, top ten. Eh, his fight card's awesome. Um, if somebody wanted to have Domi in their top 10, okay. I mean, I'm not, you know, he's the all time fighting leader in the NHL and, um, you know, uh, with, with me with Domi uh, in his fights, it was just the way he fought. I mean, he's so undersized that he had to fight that way. I understand. Um, he kind of had that spinning style and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he, he was a great enforcer. He stuck up for Sandini. He was great with the least for all those years. Great with the jets took care of Solani, um, knew his job, did it well, was durable, fuck, I mean, how, you know, I I like Domi, you know, um, was he knocking dudes out, was he super feared? No, but, at the same time, um, knew his job, did it, did it for years, and, it, like I said, if somebody had, I'd have, I have Domi, eh, I wouldn't have him in my top 10, I'd, you know, my top 20, yeah, probably. But top 10, no. But if somebody had him at like, you know, right here at the 8th spot, yeah, okay. You know, I get it. Um, okay. Uh, number 7, Nyland. Yeah, it's kind of the same feeling I have with Domi. Um, Nyland was a great enforcer when he was in Montreal. Did his job really well. Um, turned himself a decent player. Um, fought everybody. Knew his role. Did it well. Uh, was he the greatest fighter? Eh, No. But he fought everybody, he's fearless. So, I mean, um, yeah, uh, it's great that he's come back from his, from his battles. Um, really enjoyed his documentary. Um, I actually got a whole new respect for Nylon from that documentary growing up. I was never a Nylon fan. I actually couldn't stand Nylon. I remember getting fight tapes. I'm like, Oh my God. I was respected him what he did and everything, but it was just like, I was just never a Nylon guy. I don't, and I don't know why. He just bugged me. But after I watched this documentary, it's like, yeah, this, you know, whatever. And I, I kind of, I, I went back with older eyes, wiser eyes, maybe. And, uh, kind of, I kind of got it. But, um, yeah, uh, would I have him in the top 10 of all time fighters? No. Uh, but, but solid, solid career, solid enforcer. There's now, there's a difference between being a good fighter and being a good enforcer. Nile was a good enforcer. Uh, what was six? Ojik. Yeah, again, good enforcer. Stuck up for Brewery, was great in Vancouver. Did his role, was a hero in Vancouver. Um, you know, he was great for that time period in that city on that team. He was. Uh, was Ogic a great fighter? I never saw it. I have other people that'll argue with me. Um, he was like he was fine. I'm not saying he was a punching bag or anything. He wasn't. But um, you know, I don't know. There's against some of the now. Again, he fought Brown as a rookie. How many times? And, you know, you know, he had balls, man. I'll give him that. But never had never fought Provert. Now, I get, now I always say it does take two to fight for sure. But kind of missing a couple guys on his card. Never had the great fight with. Kind of acted. You know, with twist, eh, you know. Um, yeah, that always kind of irritated me with Gino. But, in term, like, again, in terms of enforcing, very good. Um, and, I, and I know he's got health issues now, so I hope he comes back from those. Um, but, yeah, top ten fighter of all time, no. Number five, Grimson. This is the guy I was talking about. I don't know if I'd have him in my top ten. If I did, it'd be 9-10-ish. But, um, yeah, man, Grimson was, whew, um, I don't know if I'd have him this high in the like I wouldn't have him this high in the list, but the fact someone does, eh, I mean, there's a bunch of guys you probably put ahead of him, but I get it. But yeah, like Stu was like legit number one guy in the league for a few years. Um, once he kind of left Chicago and he grew into it a little bit and matured, um, you know, he had the Detroit, Carolina, Hartford, Anaheim, Nashville run in there. Stu was a bad dude, man. He laid the beats to guys. The thing with Grimson, Grimson's a mean dude. And uh, he didn't give a shit. And, uh, yeah, man. uh, Stu hung him. (laughs) He hung on a few dudes. Um, Fearless. Fought everyone. Tremendous fight card. Did it a long time. Um, I wouldn't have him this high on the list. But he'd be be sniffing around my top ten. Yeah, uh, number four, Tiger Williams. Um, all he, Hockey's all-time penalty minute leader. I, I guess, I get that's why he's on people's list because he's the all-time leader, and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, all right. Did it for a long time. Very good player. A lot better player than I think people realize. Um, I think he, he has 500 and some career points. Like, he, you know, he had 30 goal years and shit. Like, Tiger Williams would be making like $10 million a year if he was playing these days. Um, but... Again, did his knew his job, fought like took on everybody, took on all comers, fearless, um, good player. I never thought he was a great fighter. To I me, mean, he's just a hugger. He was never that much of a fighter, but he fight everybody. He was fearless, but he'd get in tight and you know whatever. I never, I never saw the now again. I have I've have seen every Tiger Williams fight. No, but the stuff I have seen, meh, you know whatever. Like again, he's fought tough guys, but. You know, I, he never impressed me much as a fighter. But in terms of enforcement and knowing his role and playing the role and everything, yeah, he was he was great, but I would not have him anywhere near a top 10. In terms of actual pugilistic ability, which is how I'm assuming we're basing this list about, like actual fighting skills, no, I wouldn't have him anywhere near top 10. Dave the Hammer Schultz at number three. Again, for actual uh, enforcement, tremendous um was a direct uh was a huge cog in the or a huge spoke in the wheel with the with the flyers cup run um better player than people give him credit for 20 goal guy too as well as a single season penalty minute record leader holder um yeah, man. Uh, Schultz and Tiger. There you go. A couple, hey, a couple Sass Boys, too. Hey, you know, so I got to show some Saskatchewan love here. But um, enforcing, yeah, he was great. I mean, he was a bully. And I mean, I, you know, I know that's a toxic word these days and everything and people, whatever. But I've always said that was sort of, well, they've lost sight of it now. But that was always, to me, in my opinion, that was always how it wasn't that the role of an enforcer? who was to be a bully. Like, I don't know, like, I, that's how I always thought, but, you know, and he did, they bullied their way to, well, hell, they named the team that way, they, to championships, and he was a big reason why, and he he gave that team identity, he gave that team balls, and, you know, you can say whatever you want about him, if you're a Bruins guy, well, fuck him, Oh, well, you know, fuck him, but, you know, he was effective, did his job, yeah, I mean terms of, enfor- for ushering in the actual enforcer role, that tough guy policeman role, he's a big reason why it happened, I mean, you know, he had Ferguson before him, but when they came into that in that mid-70s, and the gang fighting, and the bullying, and Schultz is the direct leader, spearheaded all that, and I think with him, you end up with the Tigers, and the Proberts, and all them down the line, it was because of Schultz, and guys like that, so I mean, if you're a fight fan, I think we, we all owe the hammer a big sort of debt of gratitude. Um, you know, you don't have to be a fly. I'm not a flyer, fan. You know, I don't give a shit who you cheer for. It, that he had a profound impact on the game. And, you know, again, now if we talk about actual fighting abilities, no, he's nowhere near a top 10, but I'm down with the hammer. Uh, number two, Rob Ray. Now I love me some Rob Ray. Um, <laughs> number two all time? No. 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 Uh it would he be my top ten list? No. I, you know. But Rob Ray, I mean everyone go Oh, it's a jersey. And they go on and on. Ray was just as good with his jersey on, actually, as he was when it came when they put the rule in. Um he started off with his career pretty slow. Was actually kind of a real catcher. He took some beatings actually. Um but other than that though, uh Later on in his career, Ray was money, man. When they had him and Barnaby and May and Donnelly and Bugner met the all-time penalized team. I think they're the only team with three guys at three hundred minutes in a season. I loved the Sabres of that in the nineties and I loved Rob Ray. I Rob Ray grew on me. When he first came up, I'm like, Who the fuck is this clown? But Ray grew on me, man. I love Rob Ray. And Alec and I have talked about it and it's there's video there's seven, eight, nine minute videos on YouTube. Rob Ray probably dropped more guys than anybody else in hockey history. Now, right when I said that, there's a bunch of people up, oh, Coaser! Cool, you know, I know, I know I hear you now yelling at your dashboards or at your iPhones. But seriously, go look it up. I mean he's got like seven, eight, or nine TK they're on YouTube. There's like compilations of him dropping guys. Now I don't knock about cold and spatula, no, but Like, TKO dropped. I mean, there there isn't many guys in their careers that, like, knock dudes cold. Now, yes, Coaster knocked Kite, well, Ray knocked Coaster, or Kite cold as well. But, you know, and Jim Playford, I get with the Coaster thing. But, Ray man, you know, he did, like, Webb, Kaminsky, VL, Kite, uh, Mark trying to think of a bunch of the KO. He had a bunch of them, TKOs. Um, but yeah, you look it up, Ray, he had the one with, like, uh, he he's always, he, when he go back and actually the Rob Ray interview that Alec did on a show was great. And he even talks the, his big win over Dave Brown, he felt was a turning point in his career when he catches Brown and stuns him. Brown doesn't go down, but you could tell it's like, it's like the standing TKO. Um, yeah, that's when I think the whole league kind of went, ooh, you know, and kind of cut on to the Rob Ray thing and him and Domi had those wars and. Now you go back and think, like even Twist broke Ray's face. Ray didn't go down. Just think of that. Broke his orbital bone and everything else. Ray didn't go down. I don't remember Ray ever going down. Did Ray ever get dropped? I'm trying to think. I like I'm without looking at his fight card, I don't remember it. Now I remember him losing fights, obviously the twist one. I remember Kosa really giving it to him. But I don't remember anybody like buckling him. How many guys could say they were never dropped? I think everybody's almost been dropped that fought a lot. Except Ray never was, that I'm thinking of. I mean, somebody can correct me, but off the top of my head as I'm sitting here, I can't think of any. But, yeah, but Rob Ray, one of the most exciting fighters, love him, hate him, whatever. Guy was wide open and let her go, and jersey on, jersey off, whatever. I mean, the whole jersey thing never, it wasn't against the rules back then. So, I mean, he took it to the next level being naked underneath, but whatever, wasn't against the rules, became against the rules because that's what he was doing, but, and yeah, I guess we got him to thank for that, but it was probably better that they came up with the jersey rule anyway, but at the time, it's, um, you know, I know, again, the young people now in the message board, oh, fuck it, he's cheated. Well, not cheat when everyone else could do it too, everyone else could have taken their shit off too, so, and it wasn't like... Oh, and they always said, Oh, we used it as a trick. Well a trick would imply that you didn't know it was gonna you didn't know how it happened. Everybody knew it was gonna happen, so it's not really a trick. Again, you guys like to throw this shit around and it's like, no, everyone knew that's what was gonna happen. So you can either do it or live with it, you know. So you know, so I, I love Rob Ray. Again, I wouldn't have him in a top ten list, no, but you know, okay. And then number one, Probert. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there there'll be some. Oh, Dave Brown should be number one. You know, one A, one B, whatever your stats is. None, nonetheless, yeah, I'm I'm sure if, he might not be one on anybody on everybody's list, but he's probably two or three. So a top three guy for sure. Um, he'd be my number one guy of all time. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of a, you know when you're making the list. Yeah, it's kind of a no brainer. But yeah, I mean, you can talk who's not on it. Well, Dave Brown for one, Ben Wilson. Uh, Brashier, Twist. I don't know if I would have Twist in my top. Did I have Twist in my top ten? If I did, he might have been number ten. Um I know. I see a lot of people yelling about Coaster. Eh. I don't know if I'd have Joe Coaster in my top ten. I don't know. That was feared, yeah, but I don't know. Coaster, Coaster's fight card to me is. A little in Detroit is, eh, you know, he was definitely Robin to Proberts Batman. He fought a lot of the number twos. Not saying he wasn't capable of fighting the ones, but he fought a lot of twos. Um, You know, he wrote shotgun, did his job, but, you know, and he was a good player. Coaster's a good player too. Um, Better than people give him credit for. I think actually Coaster came into his own when he went to the Rangers. I think he got better there. Granny Granny got older and in his prime and stuff But probably problem with Koser, his hands were so shitty all the time Like you know just busted up It was never healthy right But um I can see that argument for Kosar in the top 10 I, I wouldn't have him in my top 3 or anything Um who are people throwing around Oh I, I'm waiting for the one asshole To yell Chara Yeah um Notre Dame, Brown, Twist, Kosar Yeah yeah um Yeah, well this one guy right here, yeah, Brown, Brushier, both undeniable, top five all time. Coat McSorley, Jim McKen- yeah, McKenzie yeah, Mackenzie. Yeah, McKenzie, there's a guy that always even I just did it. Criminally underrated. Mackenzie's a bad dude too. Yeah, Jim McKenzie, man. And this guy, Brushier, top five all time. Quite are you serious? Like Yeah. Again, I get why people hate Brushier. I'm not a Brushier guy either. I can't stand him, but Yeah, Brashear's a bad dude, man. Absolutely. McSorley, again, I'd have Marty in my top 10. Um, Not that, you know, his power was going to scare anybody, but just length, the time that he did it, competition. Marty didn't lose many. Like, man, yeah, Marty was... What is this? Oh, Sastu and Blade. Oh, I was going to say Kevin Kaminsky, Kelly Chase. What? Yeah. Yeah, Larry Playfair. There's another guy. Um... I'm just scrolling people's comments here. Wendell, eh, well, I wouldn't put Wendell Clark in there. Um, but yeah, Dave Brown is, I you know for sure, and and Ben Wilson. Um, you know, well, then you get the yeah, well, <laughs> Bugard. You yeah, know, really, mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get these Bruins guys with Jonathan and Winsick and O'Reilly. Yeah, no. I like all those guys, but top ten fighters, no. Uh, Simon, yeah, Simon, yeah. If, it's a shame with the shoulder thing with Simon. That's what sucked. But Simon, I could see it when he was, you know, that that kind of that brief, you saw that brief window of when he was healthy there. That Colorado, early Washington, ooh, long hair undertaker Simon. Yeah, man. Yeah, could have been a contender. Yeah. Well, and then you got, like I said, the newer guys, the Bugart, Brian McGratton. There's another guy. I'm now, people argue, all McGratton didn't face that competition. Well, he kind of did. He was around in that early, you know, through thousands with LaRock and those guys. So, yeah, you know, didn't lose many, um, you know. And you got Colt nor Goddard. Goddard, yeah. As I'm saying it, yeah, Goddard, because he took it to Boogie, too. Um, yeah. I think always thing that always hurt Goddard, in my eyes, is Goddard would always fight to his competition, it seems. Like, when he fought a Boogie or a McGratt and stuff, and was a, you know, a, for lack of a better term, like a name guy, like a, you know, a contender guy, he upped his game, man, and he was vicious. But when he'd fight, like, an England, or, like, and I like England, or, you know, like a, I don't want to say second tier guy, but you know what I mean? Like, kind of like a, whatever, at the time, like, maybe a, a 6 to 15 ranked guy, He'd just have this eh showing, and he'd kind of, you'd he'd, what, you know? He'd, I mean, you know what I'm saying? He'd fight to his competition. I don't. You have to watch a bunch of Goddard fights to understand, but, but he, I, yeah, I could see if somebody put Goddard around that ten mark, I wouldn't, I wouldn't poo-poo it. We'll say that. I mean, you know, Tim Hunter. I know Tony's yelling Tim Hunter. um... In terms of uh, you know his fight card and what, yeah, um, I wouldn't put Hunter in a top ten. I would have him in the discussion, the top twenty-five. He had a great career and everything else. Um, I'm probably I might be i bi- I'm not a Hunter guy. Um, I respect his rise, I respect what he did in the Battle of Bird and all that stuff for sure. I don't mean it in that sense. I'm just in terms of the fighting. Yeah, you know, but, you know, and that was the thing. And, like, and I see some people yelling, Semenko, eh. Semenko's a great enforcer. Again, we'll go back to that enforcer-fighter thing. Difference. Semenko's a great enforcer. As a fighter, uh tad overrated in my opinion. Um, and Hunter actually always took it to Semenko. If you go back and watch those fights, I always thought Hunter took it to him all the time. Semenko threw some cheap shots and shit at Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter's a guy, I've actually talked to Mr. Hunter about coming on the fight, on the podcast... And, uh, he did, he did agree. We're just kind of coming up with a time and, um, I'm definitely going to have him on and we'll, obviously we'll talk, well, clearly we we'll have to talk about the battle of Alberta, but I, I really want to, uh, uh, I really want to get his opinion on Semenko, um, just with that stuff. Um, I see a few people, Kordik, nah, like, and I like John Kordik, but no, I would not in a top 10. Um, John Ferguson. Yeah, now Ferguson, that's, there's always, the, then the historian in me will always say, like, they always say John Ferguson was the first true enforcer. Like, it was brought up to be that role. And, uh, so that certainly can't be discounted. Problem is, there's no footage. Like, I think there's a couple of Ferguson fights on video and that's about it. Um, I have read, again, I've always said history can be revisionist, but it's like, John Ferguson retired undefeated. Wow. Okay. Now, I'm not saying it's not, he didn't win most of it. I'm sure he did win most of his fights. But, are you saying John Ferguson never lost an NHL fight? I find that hard to believe. But, um, and again, was he facing the competition that these guys... So this was my argument the other, a while back with that guy, oh, the horse came truck and Ted Harrison you know, whatever. and Somebody, it was the guy that was saying, oh, he could list a dozen fighters better than Probert. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And he's like, Kurt, Orlando, Kurt and Bach and Ted Harris. And it's like, what? I'm like, okay. But not discrediting those guys, but it's like, fuck, really? Um, the guys in the fifties and sixties were not fighting. The guys that Bob Probert had to fight on a nightly, ba- not on a regular basis. I mean, you had trained fighters at that point, you know? So it, you know, the eras were different. That's like what I say with Ferguson. It's like, okay, not to say he wasn't a tough guy, everything like that, and for his era, for sure, but he didn't face the fucking guys that, like, well, Bruby. there's another guy. How could I forget the Chief? You know, they, they weren't and facing guys like Bruby and them had to face, so it's like, I have a hard time with that. Um, Clark Gillies, nice from, you hear those names too. Fatio, um, i always said with Nick, to me, the fight card's not there. Um, tough guy, for sure. Like, all these guys are tough. I'm not saying none of them are tough. or You know, he's not in the list. He's a pussy. Like, no, I'm not saying that or anything stupid. But I'm just, you know, I'm just, I always, to me, a fight card's a big thing. And just the amount of fights is a big thing. Um, this argument that, well, no one wanted to fight him. Yeah, enough. Like, I don't think they were lining up down the street to fight Tony Twist either. But yet, he managed to get, what, close to 200 fights. So, guys with under that are so-called enforcers that played over a decade and have under 100 fights. Yeah, come on. Don't give me this because guys were scared of him, shit. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not buying that one. I'm sure there's guys that, now were people anxious to fight Nick Fatio? No, but don't give me this. They were all scared of him. Shit. Like, and that's why he never fought. Like, I Nick Fatio you had a lot of square offs. You'll put it that way. A lot of square offs and refs breaking things up, you know, before it got going. Uh, he seems to have a lot of those. But I'm not saying that he was scared, but it's just like, there's a lot of, a lot of theater going on there. And he knew it, you know, and yeah, <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm not buying the Fatio thing. The tough dude, without a doubt, I'm not saying that, I'm not taking that away from him, I'm just saying this whole, they were scared of him, uh, but, um, yeah, there you go, folks, I think we've kind of rambled on it, I mean, what more do you say, right, everyone has their own list, how they come up with their list, their opinion on things, some guys, it's punching power or KOs or what have you, and everyone has a different way of looking at things, I'm a fight card sort of longevity guy, um, other people look at it different. And that's cool. That's what makes these lists fun and the opinions, right? And I'm not gonna, uh, you know, well, if someone throws out Chara, they have a right to be suitably chastened. But uh, other than that, um, <laughs> there we go. There's the list. Uh, yeah, there. We, hey, look at hour and 13 minutes for two topics. How about that? But yeah, there we go. just wanted to talk with the anniversary of the the Bertuzzi more thing, and of course this this top 10 list sort of fell in my lap. So. Um, I thought we'd discuss it, but uh, there we go There's another episode, uh, sorry for not having the interview with you Like I said, personal issue came up And, uh, hopefully I can sit down with this gentleman and we can record He has told me he'll get, uh, Friday I believe he said But we'll see how it goes But I've talked to a few dudes, uh, a few things I, I'm lining up, uh, another season ticket series Um, is that, is that what we called it? Season ticket series? I believe we call it season series now I can't remember what I called my own gimmick. But basically we just look at a at a a certain year in a in a last one I did was with my boy Jay out in Iowa and we covered the 0405 uh UHL season. And uh with this one it'll be an E I I want to say it's 0809 oh, or 2009-10 uh East Coast Hockey League season. So um and he's out in, based in Las Vegas. So I just touched I just uh got in touch with him today. And we were talking about different shit, and I brought this up, and he had went to a lot of Wrangler games, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna talk about that. I w- I'd like to do that season series. I'd like to kind of make that a regular thing. I enjoyed not like every week or anything, but just kind of on the regular, at least once a month. I mean, how two fourths? I do eight episodes a month, so I could. I'd like to do at least one of those a month. We'll put it that way, and um, yeah, so I look forward to doing that. Uh, we'll see what his recalls like. I'm going to phone him tomorrow. And we're just kind of going over So I was kind of explaining it to him. And he's kind of like, okay. But he's not like a podcast guy or anything. So it was like, I think he was sort of taken aback by my asking for him to come on my show. He's just kind of like, me? No. But I think I talked him into it. But we're going to go over a few things. But I'd like to do another season episode. But uh, I have a few players. Talked to a few players. have a few cats lined up. Um, actually, I have some interesting ones. I have a guy... Um, this gentleman was an FHL player and an AAHL, Amer- all American hockey league. It was the precursor to the FHL. And, uh, oh man, we had teams folding halfway through and other teams starting up and playing their visiting games. And he was a part of all that shit. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, uh, I'm not a big FHL guy, like in terms of like knowledge and stuff. I know a few guys that went through the league and stuff, but my, and it's current hot, like it's 2010. It's current hockey where I stopped watching years ago, so I'm, I'm. it's out of my wheelhouse, but I've never had a guy on from those leagues, and those leagues sound so chaotic that I wanted to have a gentleman on just to talk about it and share some stories, and he's willing to do that, so um, like I said, to, uh, he wasn't able to today, but uh, hopefully here in the next couple of days I'll record with him, and uh, that should be fun. I'm, in, I'm interested to hear the, some of the chaotic stuff from some of these crazy leagues, so that should be something different to talk for you guys to listen to. I think we'll have fun listening to those stories. So, and I have a couple gen- uh, former NHL guy and uh, a, a journeyman minor league dude. That was a tough dude. Played in the OHL, bounced around the minors for a bit. Um, yeah, got a bunch of guys. So, yeah, guys. Like I said, now that we're back from Vegas and kind of things are settling in here, and hopefully. Sp- Oh, spring will get here quickly. I'm tired of winter already, Um, you know, and we'll go into uh, some warmer weather and some uh, and some guests. Uh, so you don't have to hear me ranting, raving solo all the time. So, no, we'll definitely get rolling into the guests and uh I, you know, stick with me, guys. I think you guys uh, have some fun guests coming up and some fun topics to talk about. And I think you guys will really dig it. And I want to tell every I wanna thank everybody right now. Um the show's kind of really I'm kind of getting a lot of feedback from people, different people that just they just heard about the show or their friend told them about it and they're getting a hold of me and telling me. And that's really cool, and I really appreciate as a small podcast, like I said, I don't have alcohol named after me, I'm not on some massive ESP. Yeah, hey, I dig the hockey podcast network, but Isha and Dylan will even agree we're not ESPN or Barstool, um, you know. So it's on the sh- hey, I love being on the network, but let you know, come on. So we're we're the little engine that could. We're really trying to get the stuff out there and we promote, and it's and I and I really rely on you guys, the listeners. I've always said this, and it's true. And uh, I rely on you guys for the retweets for your hey. If you have a friend that was an old fight fan, maybe he was on the old fight boards back in the day, and he's disgusted with hockey and he fucking hates it. Now he doesn't watch, but he likes the old stuff still. And he still plays his old DVDs or he watches old fights on YouTube. Mention my show to him. Hey, there's an old FC, old fried chicken guy that does a podcast now. You should check it out. He's always talking about. He's always yelling at the clouds about old fighting and stuff. I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. You guys, you guys are my billboards. And uh, like I said, I do my best on social media. I put it. I put it out there. All the retweets and the shares that you guys can do, it all helps me out, and I greatly appreciate that. Let's spread the word. Like I said, there's a million podcasts out there. I understand that there's only so much time in the in the day or in the week to listen to stuff, and I'm you know, it's a constant battle with, you know, and we're not we don't have the cachet sometimes as the ex players do and stuff like that. But Alec, myself, Joe, um, you know, we grind for you guys, and we really try to bring you guys good products. And, uh, like I said, I'm doing this twice a week for you guys. Like I said, it's almost 11 o'clock tonight and I'm down here yelling into this mic, trying to give you guys audio entertainment and, uh, you know, and Alec does the same thing and so does Joe, you know? So I appreciate all you guys that, that tune in. Like I said, I know there's a million things to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to my show, it's very humbling and I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, like I said, if you can uh, share word of mouth, retweet, it's all appreciated um hey if you have just something to say and you're on social i'm fourth line voice on twitter fourth line voice on facebook um drop me a line send me a private message um in my email hockey fights at hot that's right it's not a hotmail hockey fights all one word hockey fights at hotmail.com send me an email hey i like this about the show i don't like this about the show you know whatever you do this too much you don't do this enough you should get this guy i know this guy you should get him on you, I should come on if you if you want to talk about a season series or you were a season ticket holder somewhere and you want to talk about the league that year. Yeah, absolutely, get a hold of me. We can talk about things. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, like I said, I've always said right, wrong, or you know, good, bad, or ugly. Let me know because I, I don't know if no one says anything, right? Because you talk to friends and everything. Oh, it's great, bro. You know, thumbs up. You know, because no, they're just being. You know, no one wants to hurt anyone's feelings. But you can be constructive criticism. I have a few people in my life that give me constructive criticism, and that's cool. That's I need that, right? Because I you don't, I don't know if no one says anything. So yeah, you know, if you have something to say and you listen, hey, let me know. I'd love to. I love hearing from you guys. And um, and like I said, it's always humbling to get messages from people. And like I, I was, I've said this from day one, and I'll say it until the day I stop doing this. The fact that anyone listens to this. I don't mean this and whatever, but it's just the fact that anyone listens always. it's seriously, when I just sit and think about it, it blows my mind. Just going to Staples one day, buying a cheap microphone, plugging it in, and let's give this a shot and just start talking about hockey. And three years, what four years later now? A couple years on this on this on the hockey podcast network, but um, and it's growing. Again, I'm not talking like old TSN or anything, but. But it has grown, and I see the show has grown, and I get messages from different people from around the world, and it's so unbelievable that here I sit, Saskatoon, in my basement, looking out my window at the at the snowbank and yelling at the clouds or whatever in the dark here, and uh, to think that someone in the in the UK is listening or someone in like fucking Des Moines, you know, while they're sitting working their shift at the at the Costco with their headphones on. It's awesome, man, and uh, and then to hear from you guys is is great. So, um, and I've gotten a bunch of notes from people lately, and I, I just wanted to thank you guys for that because it's cool. And when you get the feedback, like I said, as a creator, you put stuff out there, you hope people are listening, and you crave the feedback because it's like it's not for the for the gratification, but just to that just confirms that people are listening. And because sometimes you throw it out in the abyss and you wonder, right? So when you get the confirmation back, it's 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 great and uh, yeah and I just want to thank you because I know when I was in Vegas I got a few messages and when I got back I had a few more and and it was and it was great and it was it was fun to read and I, I'm reading them to my wife we're in the hotel room where she getting ready before we go out and um, yeah man it was cool and uh, yeah Nick sorry I missed you in Vegas man that would have been cool but yeah we just kind of I know you got sick there and then we got short on time but uh, hey we'll be back same thing Anthony I know you're listening now. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, although they seem like a type guy yeah, we'll take you for drinks, fuck, we'll end up in fucking Arizona Charlie's or something. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys and we're good. And, uh, and the fact that, hey, I got this guest and, you know, and we throw it a few days and we can, and hey, the fact that you, um, you thought enough of my show to offer the guest to me, um, means a lot. And, uh, I appreciate that. I really do. And I know I joke around and whatever and stuff. And sometimes maybe the answers, when guys send you stuff, you, you know, maybe the initial answer was not as, not that I was ever rude to anybody, I hope not. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't have been rude to anybody, but just kind of, um, you know, it, it it's just, uh, it, the written word is hard sometimes. And I think sometimes, you know, you give a guy an answer and it might not be it's like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't give a shit. I don't I don't ever want it to come across like that. I really do care that any, anybody would take the time to write to me is awesome. So I hope I've never, I didn't give you the response you wanted. I hope that didn't happen that way. Um, I don't really know what I'm trying to say right now. It's late and I'm babbling, so I'll just shut the fuck up. But uh, anyway, guys, like I said, I'm on social media. Give me a look up. Uh, if you're on YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube, I have over 2,700 fight videos on my YouTube channel. They're all sorted. Whatever league you're looking for, OHL, WHL, AHL, type it in, boom, it'll all come up. Definitely subscribe to the channel. Um, I would greatly appreciate that. And, uh, like I said, whatever, on whatever platform you're listening to this, could you rate and review my show? It helps me out in the searches. And one last thing, and I always say it, but I always laugh about this, but it's true. Uh, could you download these episodes? If you're going to listen to my show, could you download it? That's all I ask. I get paid by the download. Like I guess I've always been honest with you guys and I do, I get paid by the download. When you stream it, I don't get paid and, and we can't track it. So not only download, do I, not only do I get paid that way, but we can see who's downloading what and when and what time. And there all the analytics that, and it all helps out in terms of like promotion and that type of thing. So when you stream it, that it doesn't work. I need you to download it. So, if you could download my episodes, again, I know I'm asking lots of stuff here, but I would greatly appreciate it. I sound so douchey to say, but yeah, work with me here, folks. <laughs> um, but anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here, but thank you very much again for tuning in. As always, I can't thank you enough, but uh, no, man, it was cool. It's cool to be back. Like I said, I was on vacation. I put out episodes while I was gone, but it was kind of different. I I recorded them all ahead of time. So for me, it was like two weeks without podcasting, so it was kind of weird. But um, it was a nice little break, though. I will say rest the voice a little bit. Um, But we're back in black here. And, uh, yeah, I'll keep coming up with some stuff for you. And hopefully you guys will keep tuning in. But uh, you guys have a good rest of the work week. We're almost there halfway, folks. And uh, I'll talk to you again on Sunday. Thanks, everybody.